Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and today's guest as she shares how she helps her athletes be where their feet are. She's in her first season at the helm of Central Michigan University, and she's brought a ton of success and experience with her. She led the Davenport University team to a 788 winning percentage, made an appearance at the NAIA World Series, and was named Coach of the Year twice. She's also developed multiple all-conference and all-American student-athletes, and you'll get a glimpse into how she does that today. If you want more ideas and resources for helping your players be where their feet are, just head to mentalsweetspot.com to learn more about our quick win resources, mental training toolkit, and team consulting. And just a little FYI today, if you hear some random sounds when I'm speaking, that would be my little baby Connor. He's in the background playing on his little high chair, so don't mind that. Sorry for the audio. But let's get to it, shall we? Without further ado, please welcome Chippewa's head coach, McCall Salmon. Welcome, coach. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, coach, uh, for joining us today. Um, we're going to get kicked right off. Um, could you talk about your culture at Central Michigan and describe it in three words? Three words. Process, focus, uh, 1% mentality. That's more than three, but... Um, I think, you know, just staying present and um, keeping it simple. I think, you know, with our culture in general, just trying to, um, you know, not look ahead in certain areas. And that comes to um, from a softball standpoint, from an academic standpoint, um, day to day life standpoint, just trying to keep that present focus, be where your feet are um, and once you keep it sim- simple, then the culture and everything else starts to to come together and build itself. And I think, you know, what we we did at the beginning is um, each team we've I've ever coached, I like to establish our core covenants. And, you know, what are we? What do we stand for? And we create a hashtag for our program. And, and this year, the hashtag is build. Um, and off of build, we have our, our core covenants from there. Um, B is bold. Uh, you is uncommon, um, and I is intentional, L is love, and D is dynamic. Um, and within that, those um, five words, we define them. How do they look in the classroom? How do they look in the community? How do they look in practice? And then ultimately, how do they look on game day? And we have our players define those because ultimately they're the ones in setting the expectation for how this is going to look. And then we can hold them accountable um, for those expectations. And we'll, we'll talk about them after practice. We'll talk about them um, just in a generic setting and, you know, try and reiterate, you know, what we're trying to be, what team we're team 42 this year, um, what we, what we want to look like. Those are awesome. And uh, did you take our culture course? Because we do the exact same thing. (laughs) That is awesome. Tell us a little more about kind of how you guided that conversation with the girls of having them define what that culture looks like. You know, I think for me, um, my me and my staff stepping into this program, you know, Coach Yonker had been here for 40 years previously and had established a, a phenomenal culture. And um, a tradition. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that they have done that, you know, I didn't want to come, come in and completely 
um, recreate the wheel. Just like when we talk about mechanics and from pitching to hitting, we never want to reinvent, reinvent the wheel. We just kind of want to work with what we have and build it to our standards and make tweaks here and there. So we had those conversations with the student athletes, things um, that they wanted to continue doing and then kind of um, introduced our our thoughts and our processes and work together with them in that area. And, you know, that really starts from your first team meeting uh, in the fall and getting to know your players, them getting to know myself and my staff and, you know, our coaching styles. Um, but, you know, really trying to keep it as simple as possible in that area too. But open dialogue. And I, I always say to them, I have open door policy and I encourage them to, to come and talk to me and ask questions um, so we can make sure we're on the same page. I think it's awesome that one of the first things you talked about, Coach, was, was being present. And I think that's one of the hardest things, you know, for kids to do right now, especially with all of the distractions that they have. And it's not just the phone, right? The classes right. and the matches of playing and everything else. So what are some of the things you talk about with your team in order to help them even learn what that means and then apply it on the field? Uh, we've done a few exercises. You know, you brought up the phone. I think, you know, that's something that is important to them. And for us, it's kind of one of those things that we don't want to take away the phone from them, but we want to integrate how can that phone now be beneficial on our side of things. So we did an exercise with them to just kind of track how many times do you look at your phone a day? Um, There's no wrong answer and just be present of how many times you're looking at it. So if it's 54 times throughout the day, okay, what does your home screen look like? Um, what does your screensaver look like? It, can it be a motivational quote for you? How, if you're looking at something that much every day, it needs to be something that's going to motivate you and keep you present in what you're doing. Or if you're getting off task, redirect you. So we had those conversations and had them share and, um, you know, talk through ideas of, you know, how, how that may look. And I think it's good for them just to, to realize in that sense. And, um, a lot of times they would kind of be nervous to share how many times they looked at it, but you know, it's common. I would say the same thing, you know, you may have done it. I, I can look at my phone and I'd say, yeah, I, I was over 50 today or, um, it, it's kind of our, our common nature these days. So just re intertwining it to how that can be productive for us on the field. And I think when it comes to practices, just reiterating the fact that we only have so much time with them in the day and how, how crucial the time we have is and, you know, just having those conversations or getting the group together to come together for a second and refocus their minds. And we, a lot of times we'll say, keep your mind calm. Um, and I was listening to your uh, visual podcast before, and I really liked the the comment when he said calm eyes. So we always talk about a calm mind. So I'm really going to take that calm eyes um, verbiage and utilize that within our team too, because sometimes we, we let our brain wander and we just need to keep it keep it present on the fact that this game is a game of, you know, you see the ball, you hit the ball, you know, ball hit to you. You got to field the ball before you throw the ball. And a lot of times we we're we're thinking about the third step in the process before we finish the actual fielding part. So I think you've touched on it a couple of times now of keeping things simple, which of course is not easy <laughs> as a chronic overcomplicator. Uh, <laughs> I find this task very difficult. <laughs> It's easier said than done. <laughs> right? <laughs> Keep it simple. Okay. I need to think for an hour to figure out how to simplify it. Um, 
how do you help your girls keep things simple so that they can have the mental capacity to focus in when they need to? Uh, On a softball side of things, you know, just when we're taking ground balls, if I can kind of tell by their body language sometimes if they're not fully present. Um, So if I see that, we'll, we'll stop what we're doing and identify. And, you know, we have them each identify what their release is after a mistake or if they're not present. Um, And that release could be, you know, I'm going to turn around and look at the left field foul pole, or I'm going to tap my, the center of my glove a couple times. And then once you do that, we need you to, to be rechecked back in, but we're going to allow you that, you know, that short two, two to five second span where you can have that release and whether if it's at the plate, it's on the mound or on defense, um, be aware of it, do it, and then get back locked in. So talking about routines, and I think that's a huge Brian came aspect when it comes to, you know, identifying your green light, yellow light, and um, red light, what triggers you in those areas. And um, once you're, you're feeling in that yellow and red, what your release is, and then getting back to your routine. Coach, you talked uh, about your about love as part of one of the the core principles that you you establish. Yes. What are some of the things? I know how important that is personally as a coach. So, what is some of your advice, maybe that you could give to other coaches who maybe are afraid, you know, to be able to show that and to be able to build relationships with their kids because they're just too afraid to. I think when we get down to the the gist of it, we're all dealing with eighteen to twenty two year olds that are. We're in a society right now where there's so much pressure on them um, and social media is a huge part of their lives and, and they're dealing and when they're looking at social media, a lot of times they're looking at everyone's best day. And I think that's hard for some of these 18 to 22 year olds to kind of get a grasp on and not let that affect them. And, um, you know, when I I feel like we, we will say and when it comes to, you know, open door policy, uh, we're here for you. We want to help you be the best you can in every single area. And sometimes if I need to take that coach hat off, I'll take it off. And I think you, you have to, you have to love it all. You have to, um, you have to love the struggle along with, you know, when things are going great and and just help those kids identify it and help them navigate through and, you know, just be an ear to listen. Sometimes they just need to sit in your office and um, just have 20 minutes where they just talk and get everything off their chest, not it could not even be related to softball, just something they're going through. And that's going to make them feel better because ultimately in a sense, we are, we're, we're their parents away from home. Um, we're, we're those people they need to lean on and cry on on the shoulder and, you know, just to give them that extra hug and um, let them take a deep breath and you know, relax for a second. And, and then they can get back to being student athletes again, but they're also, you know, 18 to 22 year olds dealing with, uh, classroom expectations, um, you know, relationships and, you know, also trying to perform and compete for positions within the sport that they love. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, being a mom myself, a lot of times, um, I'll share that with them and say, Hey, you know, I understand the struggles you're going through. Yes. My kids are younger, but we get it. We've all been student athletes and, um, just trying to uh, engage them and let them know, yes, I'm your coach, but I, I can also be here to help and guide you outside the softball field. And for me in, in my coaching career, you know, there's nothing that means more, more to me than a, a former student athlete reaching out and saying, hey, coach, I'm applying for this job. And 
um, you know, filling out a letter of a recommendation for them or them just shooting me a text saying, checking in to see how things are going or me just checking in to see how, how they're doing um, in life now that their softball career is over. So, and I think that really starts with establishing your relationships from the beginning, but, you know, um, love is huge. Um, John Gordon is one of my favorite authors and, and from the carpenter I, I have in my office here, you know, it says, love the struggles, love the challenges, love the competition, love negative people. Um, I feel like we have, we try and build a, a, a positive atmosphere, but things also aren't always positive. So you have to, you have to love the negative people too, and, um, love fear, um, and failure. So I think those are all key things that we need to embrace. I love that. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because I think a lot of times when people think of positivity and being a positive team, having a positive culture, they are like, Oh no, one negative thing popped up. It's ruined. But that is absolutely opposite of what the case is. Exactly. Negative thoughts are always going to happen. If, if us as athletes could avoid all every negative thought that came in our head, wow, our performance would be off the charts. But unfortunately, that's not how our bodies are made up. So it's just a, a, a matter of managing those negative thoughts. And, um, you know, positive self-talk is huge. Trying to, to uh, reach into what's your what's your positive words that, that's going to get you back to where you need to be at to avoid those negative thoughts but it, they're inevitable we we all have them it's it's part of life it is and i think i think your your answer is dead on like trying to get trying to help them right manage those thoughts and and get rid of them quickly and and recognize that it's okay to have them failure failure is okay and um it's you know first attempt at learning and it's part part of what we do and the game we play is a game of failure and uh, we have to be able to um, recognize it and move on and hopefully and what we talk about in practices is make those adjustments to limit the amount of times that that failure is present present in you know what we do but a lot of times you can have the perfect perfect swing on a ball you know see the ball great and someone's going to make a phenomenal play play and on paper it's going to say you failed but really in a sense you know that's a quality at bat um and and that's a success where teaching those kids how to realize that too is is a process in itself without naming names do you have an example of a player who has overcome this fear of failure or their negative self-talk i do i had i have a player um that was with me at davenport and um you know, went through a lot of struggles as a freshman. She actually started out as a two-sport athlete at Davenport um, and dealt with some health issues at the beginning and just was was a phenomenal athlete, but just didn't have that confidence in herself. So uh, we uh, set up, I would text her every morning um, a positive quote just so she could start her day with something positive. You know, whether she liked it or not, she learned to love it. And then in turn, she would text me back with positive quotes that she would see. And I think, you know, if you read some one positive thing a day, uh, that helps helps your brain. Um, but she, in the end, went through lots of injury issues, but in the end was able to contribute to our team in her senior year, help lead our Davenport team to the um, NAI World Series. So that's awesome. That's amazing, especially dealing with injury. Good for her. 
yeah, it, it was a, it's, it's a phenomenal story. You know, those are the stories that you always look back if you're having a bad day and remember not to let that, the bottom third suck the life out of you. And just remember the, the other kids that appreciate what you're doing and, um, what they want to get out of being a college athlete. So. I love quotes. I love, I love giving them, I love sending them out. And before every game, I've always, for many, many years, I've given the kids a quote. I just take a piece of paper and print a one or two liner and I cut them into strips. And it's interesting to watch them. They all read them and they put them in their sock. So the first time a freshman ever receives one of these quotes, they kind of stand around and watch and they see all the seniors and juniors put the quote in their sock and you can see a little piece of white paper sticking out and they do the same thing and they follow it. So I've had kids that graduate tell me that they've, they've kept a whole jar full of all of these quotes and they look at, look at to them often. So I think that that's awesome that, you know, you're able to share those quotes with that kid and, you know, who knows what, what quote, change something for her because you know if you have one of those apps that sends out a quote it's like that's how did how did that app know you know today I need right. that quote so that's awesome no I, I like the the paper idea I think that that's a cool little thing that you have going within your program yeah and I think it's just part of that that culture right and you've you've talked so much about your culture and, and how important these common values or core values are to you and in and I can clearly see how you've carried that over to central. Uh, how has your experience been with the kids kind of adapting to some of these, you know, slightly newer things that you've introduced? I think um, it just goes back to the type of kids Coach Yonker recruited. Um, She recruited high character kids. And, um, you know, this group that we have have been extremely coachable. And um, I feel the, the receptiveness, I couldn't have asked for a better receptiveness for from them um, for what we're doing. Um, they're excited, they're engaged, uh, and they're, they're ready to get, get rocking here this spring and, um, see what, you know, what we're able to produce on the field. So I, but I think, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with the, the receptiveness from, from our current team members. As you get geared up for games to begin, holy cow, it's coming up fast. What do you think in your build acronym will be like the number one catalyst that takes this team forward based on what you've seen so far this spring and fall? Well, I think there's aspects from all of them uh, that will be key. Um, you know, I think just the bold aspect will will start from the beginning because we do have um, eight freshmen on our team and some of those freshmen that are going to have to carry some heavy roles for us. So just just being bold and, um, you know, going out there and doesn't matter what the label is next to your name, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, just competing and being a softball player. Um, and then with that is um, I think throughout the season, it's a, it's a long season and a short amount of time. Um, so intentional with every single thing that we do. And, and by that is intentional with, you know, how we're taking care of our bodies, how, how we're, um, you know, reading scouting reports, how we're approaching every single game. It, there has to be a lot of intentional marks there. Um, and then in general, you know, every team's different in, in order. I feel like a lot of great teams do uncommon things. So being uncommon with what we do. Um, so I think, in, in the main scheme of things, all these words play together. Um, 
But those are three that I, I really can see sticking out for us in our success. I wanted to ask you quickly, too, about about your 1% better. What are some of the things that you do or focus on to help the kids understand that the process is slow, it does take effort, and it is just a little bit more every single day? I think it just gets down to, I talk a lot about it takes 21 days to break a bad habit. Um, we have commitment cards weekly. So I think anytime you talk about routines, right? And in order for something to be routine, we have to do it every single day consistently in order for us, our muscles or just, you know, our bodies to consistently do it. And routines can be simple as, you know, making your bed every day or um, what's your routine in the morning when you wake up. And we all know if we change something within that routine, sometimes we, we tend to feel a little bit, you know, of anxiety or pressure. So that in turn relates itself on the softball field. You know, if we can consistently get you to a point where you, you've hit the 20 day mark and, and now, you know, your extension is where it needs to be on the offensive side of things, or you're consistently seeing the ball well, um, you know, it's going to be routine for you. It's going to be routine for you when you step in the box. You, your mind's not going to have that anxiousness. And that's our hope. Um, so, and you're going to thrive under pressure. Uh, so it's just a matter of also seeing those marks. So if you, let's say a pitcher, for instance, is in the bullpen and we're charting pitches and her curveball that Monday, she threw four out of 10 for strikes. Okay. Now we have a benchmark. Let's see where you're at on Friday. If by Friday we're at five out of 10, then we're progressing in the right way. And you can kind of see those differences and it, it has to do with, you know, your routines throughout the week to get to a point where you can throw that pitch a little bit more consistently for us. And from a defensive side of things, just, you know, if you're, you're struggling with your backhand, let's get more backhand reps or let's look at your footwork a little bit and see if we can make an adjustment. Um, but a lot of times it's just the confidence in attacking the ball and, and staying in our legs. So, uh, but we talk a lot about 21 days to break a bad habit. Um, and we don't reinvent the wheel when it comes to mechanics, but just trying to give them, these type of, uh, hey, let's shift your glove here a little bit, or, or hey, I want you when you get to extension, um, see where your backside's at, or your your heel's not up on your front foot where we need it to be. Just little tweaks to try and you know help get the most output out of them because you know they know what they're doing. They're they're here for a reason, um, and we're here to just get a, a little bit more out of them. So so good, and I I love the specificity of everything. Like you want to get better on your backhand, work on this one thing, not just, okay, go work on backhands. <laughs> I think that really is the key to that. It being 1%, not trying to, maybe I'll sneak in a 5%er here. <laughs> right. What are some things you do to kind of have that mentality in games as well? Like maybe I feel like I'm negative 20% today <laughs> with my performance. <laughs> How do you keep that mentality going when outcomes aren't always what we want? I think just letting them know you're going to have an outcome you're not going to be happy with um, from that. So if you strike out, you're directly going to your on-deck batter, trying to give her a tip, an idea of you know what the pitcher threw you before you proceed in the dugout. Or once you get into the dugout, you're, you're having those communications with your teammates on certain things that you saw. It, it may not have worked for you, but now giving them those inside 
tips could help them in, in their routine when they step in the plate. Um, and I think if a, we had this issue in practice yesterday, um, we were working on, there was a pickoff play that was called that um, our second baseman missed the what we were doing with it. So um, the play wasn't ran. Well, in the grand scheme of things, no runner advanced. It was a ball on the batter, but there was no because not everyone was on the same page, in the grand scheme of things, nothing was detrimental to our success in what we were doing. It just didn't happen. Okay, now we move on to the next pitch. doesn't matter. And we just kind of talked about how our, our reaction and our body language was after that is, you know, we got really quiet. So moving forward, if that happens, only a few of us are going to know that a play was called and it wasn't executed. So fake it till you make it doesn't matter our communication needs to rise and we have to keep talking and we move on to the next play it's just the how the game is the game's fast and we don't have a lot of time to to think about what we missed coach i i can see why you were so successful at davenport because everything you've talked about today is is building that foundation of culture focusing on the little things focusing on the kids and the relationships you build and everything that you've done there, I know that you're going to take to Central and be very successful. Yeah, we're, we're excited to to get going. And, you know, um, I think, you know, I, I have to give them a quick shout out is my staff is incredible. Um, and in order for, for me to be successful, I have to have a staff that's going to carry these same values. And um, I feel like we've really built one at, at Central Michigan. And I'm excited to see what these guys can do within our program too and Brittany Merchant and Sarah Driesinga so I have to give them a shout out because they're amazing and that's true it's program wide it's not just it's just not just the head coach or not just the players I I think it's so important to have the whole program buy-in so uh, again thank you so much for your time is there anything else you'd like to to mention or any tips for coaches that you'd like to share before we wrap up I think just uh trying to maintain that positive mentality as as often as you can and um we're all going to go through struggles, but um, knowing that tomorrow's a new day and moving forward to that day and, and just and keeping a, a positive mindset is really my biggest advice for anyone. And that is it for today's episode. To keep up with Coach Salmon and her team this year, follow Coach on Twitter at McCall Salmon. That's M-C-C-A-L-L-S-A-L-M-O-N. And catch the team at CMU Softball. Are you going to implement some of these tips from the episode? Then we'd truly appreciate if you shared it with your friends so they can help their players too. Subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice and give us a five-star review. This helps us get the word out about our show and helps us bring out more fantastic guests like this. So we can all keep loving up our skills and coaching the mental game and make an even bigger impact on our girls. If you have any questions at any time, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me at mel at mentalsweetspot.com Shoot me a message on Twitter at Coach Mel Rushing or join our free Facebook group, Mental Sweet Spot Coaches Club. Thanks again for joining us, Coach. Have a good day and we'll see you again soon.